0: Live presented by Kaleida Health.
1: Woo-ha! Here we are on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Hills Live is the show. Thanks for joining us. We're in rock and roll today. Uh, after a beautiful day yesterday. My gosh, it was we are sp- spectacular. We're in the we're in the throes of it for sure. And there, believe it or not, there is a healthy amount of NFL news going on around the league. Um, both with current and former players, uh, really alarming. I saw it just before we came on the air, Steve. Deion Sanders is having emergency surgery for a blood clot in his groin area. We already know he's had foot problems, right? vascular issues. He had two toes removed a year or so ago, may have to have his whole foot amputated in, in short order. Now this, uh, really tough, man. Um you hate
0: to see that stuff. You really do. Yeah. Um, a lot of pe- I, I had a chance. He was a contemporary of mine, of course, when we were playing. Yeah. Um was a truly phenomenal football player. Phenomenal. He was one of a handful of guys I would set aside. Yeah, Special. As, special. Uh, even amongst a league full of special people. Uh, Dion, Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders, Bruce, Reggie White, you know. That's, guys a good, like, that's a good guy's group. like that's a small core group there um different guys and and I had a chance to sit with him uh, w- we played in a pro couple of pro Bowls together uh, against each other but yeah and I had a chance to sit down with him in an airport as we were leaving it's one of those things you had you're in this airport not many really people know who you are it's a kind of a prat- and I t- t- saw him right and we said hello and we sat down and talked what a guy. And now he had that primetime persona, which was right. a light switch that he was able to turn on and turn off. But away from all of that was a tremendous guy. And I know, too, that there were a ton, and I'm literally more than a ton, of people he held himself personally responsible to take care of all the time. Um, and he did a really nice job of it. His wife, his family, all his kids, all that stuff, his an extended mm-hmm. family. He had a lot of people that he took good care of, and didn't make a big deal about that. Uh, but completely different than the prime time persona, you know, dude that he he's, right. that, that made him a lot saw. of money. That made him a lot of money. Um, tremendous guy, and I and I'm and he has proven his intelli- intellect and his work ethic through his coaching career. Now, um, there at Colorado, really showing, I think. The college coaching industry, what it means to be genuine, honest, and hard nosed all at the same time. Um, this I is, think kids have really responded to it in, in a yeah, lot of ways.
1: This has got to be troubling though for you know Colorado athletics because this is a guy trying to get this football program off the ground, and you know he's got health issues here entering season one. I mean, that can never help when, you know, the head of the program, who know? I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know what his availability is like, but we know he's right. in a hospital right now. Right. And, you know, training camp for college teams doesn't start until
0: August, but still, it's just like, because mm.
1: yeah. those guys are always working. I mean, that's a 12-month-a-year yeah, a job.
0: It's a, it's like I said, it's a lifestyle. It's not really a job <laughs> or a career. It's a lifestyle. You do it all the time, every day. Uh, it's what you. It's who you become. Uh, and I, I tell you I got nothing but love and respect for Deion. I hope he's well. I hope he comes through this yeah. extremely well. Uh I am I am among a lot of people who I'm really anxious to see how he does out there. Yeah. Um it's a it's a big it's a I say it's a step. It's a step up from where he was uh at Jackson State. Colorado is a I mean, it's a real school. I'm not saying that it, Jackson State is not, but you know what I mean. the The, the budget's big. The major conference big. team. The ability to make an impact is way bigger. And I'm and I'm pulling for him to do just that. Yeah. I, and I think he'll surround himself with the people to do that. The kids are going to respond to it. Uh, he landed with a a splash out there and told a lot of those kids, "Listen, you're you're not going to be here. You're not going to be here." And while it sounds callous and cruel. And inhuman or whatever you want to call it, in the day and age of the of the transfer portal, it's the best way to handle those kids. Um, tell them the truth. Don't sugarcoat it. Let them make their own decisions and treat them like men, even though they're 18, 19, 20-year-old guys. Yeah. Uh, treat them like men, and they respond to it. And even the ones who were forced to leave, I think, are going to be, be better served by it uh, by his handling of it. So I wish him nothing but the best. I really hope he gets through this. Uh, it it's you know it's a guy people like of my vintage you kind of it's one of those reminders you get a person who you've known for a long long time who's a peer or has been a peer of yours in the past uh, struggling physically kind of makes you right. question your own mortality so you know for that reason alone I I wish him the best
1: yeah so hopefully he can get his health
0: issues straightened out
1: and can undertake a full first season as the Colorado Buffaloes head coach. Let's go around the rest of the NFL, presented by Kaleida Health, the official health care system of the Buffalo Bills. Miami-Dade police, Steve, have confirmed to an NBC South Florida station that the victim in the Tyreek Hill assault incident has decided he will be pressing charges. As of last night, the investigation was dropped, according to police, but then the alleged victim said, ah, you know what? I'm pressing charges. So the investigation is back open and we'll have to see what comes of it involving Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins wide receiver an argument apparently broke out between a group that included Hill and Marina employees. The argument turns physical and the employee was slapped by an unidentified person. This person is presumed to be Hill previously, thought to be a story that would just disappear into the ether. This uh, will now be watched pretty closely as charges are being pressed, presumably against Hill. Um, and as we mentioned on the show yesterday, Steve, there is a history there. So that doesn't help him in the eyes of the NFL, as far as I'm concerned, personal conduct policy and such.
0: Right. I It's. I mean, it may be a minor altercation. It was a minor altercation. It's a big nothing burger for Practical purposes, certainly, he's got a reputation for it that does not serve him well in this case. And the other, and the guy says, "Let am press charges," and l- let me tell you how it's going to go, Brownie. You know how it's going to go. Tyreek Hill writes the guy a check and it goes away. Yeah, you're
1: probably right. I mean, I it's hate probably. To put it, I don't want to be
0: callous as to what. But the my guy opinion.
1: clearly wants that check, so he's going to press charges. Right.
0: That's the only way to get it.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> no word on whether we'll know what that check. Totals, but we'll see how long the alleged victim can hold out for. The news that we suspected about jet safety Chuck Clark last week, when it was reported he suffered a major knee injury in spring camp, has been confirmed. He did, in fact, suffer a torn ACL. He is out for the season. And, you know, they, they did MRIs, they went for a second opinion. He did, in fact, tear his ACL. So the player for whom the Jets traded a seventh-round pick to the Ravens to acquire is now out for the year. This is also why the Jets pivoted and signed veteran free agent safety Adrian Amos, who will presumably fill the void there. So not a bad rebound player to bring back. Amos, a proven veteran performer, most of his career in the NFC North, but still a good player. I believe he's 31 years old. So not a bad contingency plan. But I know they were very excited to have Chuck Clark just talking to some people down there, so kind of unfortunate, but it's not the first time and probably won't be the last that we see a player
0: suffer a season ending injury before he even gets to the season. Yeah, it's it happens it's, it's not that often because most of these guys are p- trained really smart, but you gotta you gotta work hard to get ready for a hard season and sometimes it something happens. You know? yeah, it's just the way it is. Speaking
1: of the Jets, we mentioned yesterday that quarterback Aaron Rodgers was scheduled to speak at a psychedelics conference in Denver. He did, in fact, speak. And while doing so, made a pitch for such substances, like psychedelic mushrooms, to be legalized. Going to pull a direct quote here on some of what Aaron Rodgers said. He said, is it not ironic that the things that actually expand your mind are illegal and the things that dumb you down have been legal for centuries. We've got to change that. It's through awareness and education. I guarantee you all these bums who want to come after me online about my experience and stuff. They've never tried it. They're the perfect people for it. We need to get these people taking it. So, uh, Apparently, Rogers has uh, dabbled in this area. So, well, you know, he did the ayahuasca thing, the cleanse, which, you know, part of the regimen, I believe, involves psychedelic mushrooms. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think that's right. So this is a guy that's going to experiment on the fringes and thinks his brain is better for it. As a matter of fact, he said, it's going to be hard to cancel me. Because before I started using this stuff, 26 touchdowns, four picks, we had a good season. I went and did ayahuasca the next year. 46 touchdowns, five
0: interceptions, MVP. Hey, maybe I, I I'm perfectly willing to entertain the notion that maybe he's ahead of his time, you know, um, but. As with all people who are far ahead of their time, he still looks a little bit out on a limb. A little bit.
1: Um, he claims there's media out there that calls him a druggie or a hippie. I have never seen that anywhere. Have you? No.
0: I have maybe never seen con- that maybe anywhere. They, they may allude to it or connotate to it, but no, nobody's ever outright called him that. I've
1: never seen know. that written or said anywhere. And I'm gonna, not going to claim to have read and seen everything about Aaron Rodgers, but I have never heard that. And I would like to think a player of his caliber, we would have heard something like that if somebody accused him of being that or portrayed well, him you, that way. His,
0: you can imagine what his mentions look like when he starts talking like this, okay. particularly from Chicago fans, but <laughs> <laughs> whom he owns. But well, I get it. I mean, you, that's what happens when anything public happens about any person and that people have an outlet to get to them like through social media. You hear it. So I'm sure he's heard a ton of stuff in his direct messaging and all of that. But it's my feeling, you know, live and let live, man. If the guy wants to do it, awesome. If, he's, if, he's, if it makes him happy, fine. Uh, I don't, he's not hurting anybody. Uh, he certainly is a, entitled to his opinion. And because he is who he is, more people hear about his opinion. Yeah. So I get it. Maybe you're, Maybe you have a problem with that, but that's not his fault. Uh, so he continues – I mean, we're gonna. Here's the thing: is this what you and I talk about him? We talk about him like three times a week at least, right? He he knows how to stay relevant, right? Is this are we now like what the Chicago Bears were for like 16 years? They had to they had to talk about the guy in Green Bay all year, or you know, Minnesota fans or Detroit. He's probably fans. the NFC North's version of Brady. Right, he is. He's who he is gotta yeah. be because he was hammering those teams for 16 right. years. I mean, just beating them like it. He was Chicago fans were punchline, yeah, with Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, oh, man, I.
1: Don't. He did get out on a limb a little bit. Yeah, uh, his last quote was very good. Started ter- talking about words that are said about him, said about others, and he he got deep, man. He says, quote, words are so interesting. They have such power in their spells. There's a reason it's called spelling, because the way that the letters are put together have such power. Sounds like you might be using mushrooms right there. dude. I mean, what, what is going on, Aaron Rodgers? I, I don't, I'm going to be very interested to see I, I would love how to see, Jets fans right. interpret and take all of this in. Are they freaking out? Because let me just say I know more than a handful of Jets fans, right? Because I went to high school with a lot of them, and the ones I know are probably going. Is this guy going to be all right for Week One? Are are we are we are we going to be okay come the regular season? What what is this guy doing? Right. That's you know what I mean. Because New York, it's no nonsense. It's get the job done and be the best. That's it. Don't give me excuses. Don't give me this ayahuasca stuff. Just get the job done. You know what I mean, Charlie? <laughs> like, let's get it done. And so now
0: all this kumbaya stuff. I'm telling you, it's not going to fly. I, I'm I'm really interested to see. I wish I had a like a you know an, a GoPro or some camera on. Aaron as he faced the New York media and started pontificating about spells.
1: Yeah. yeah well, this was this this it um, was on a podcast. This, right? conf- no, this conference oh, was, it was in the conference, Colorado. That's right. Yeah. The it was psychedelics in, conference. Yeah, it was in Colorado. But pff, how words are spelled. I mean, we're getting we're getting down, literally down to the letter here. I mean, deep deep stuff. I, I mean, I don't know if he's got to go
0: sit in the darkness again or what, but Jets fans might be. I'll tell gripping you what. <laughs> I'll say this. I don't know where the guy is mentally inside of it, but I'll say he comes across as just being totally okay with anything. You know? he, I mean, is, he is like is He totally is comfortable totally, in his own skin. Exactly. Good for him. He is like, I'm good. You know, Because all he, you know, he just plays the, the ultimate trump card. He says, I've done stuff you haven't done, so you don't know my experience. Yeah. Uh, and none of us have That's done valid. all of that stuff. So I'm. Yeah, okay. Good for you, man. You're you're out ahead of it all. Mm-hmm. Bless your heart.
1: Last bit of Around the NFL news. Still a number of 2023 draft choices who still have not signed their rookie contracts, Steve, including the top three quarterbacks, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Presumably, partly due to the fact that the agents for these three players are hoping one of the other quarterbacks signs first and sets parameters. That's usually the game that gets played, but the Panthers, Texans, and Colts, they're probably going to put those guys in the starting lineup from the jump. They got to get these guys yeah. signed, and they can't be missing training camp. I mean, I realize it's still a month away, but
0: they got to get down to getting these contracts done. You know, you think about it, me being the old guy in the room, this used to be like nothing. Well, no, holdouts it's were a very popular thing. They were like, "Oh, they got a month left." They yeah. got ah, first round is like picks nothing. are always holding out. It has changed because of the rookie pay scale, yeah. and I get it. It's awesome. Um, it it's better now that they have that because the and I don't know exactly how it works, but there's a pool of money, and it gets divvied. Yeah, the rookie pool, and it gets divvied. So these quarterbacks are kind of set. It's more of a set scale rather than some arbitrary number that you can pick out of the sky. And those contracts are all fully
1: guaranteed in the first round up there. Um, Actually, most first-round picks see their contracts fully guaranteed these days. I mean, I remember all the way back to E.J. Manuel. He was the the 16th pick in the draft, and his whole contract was guaranteed pretty much. So it's not like it's a new thing, but – there's a holdup here. And there's them, other first rounders that haven't signed too. You, Devin yeah. Witherspoon in Seattle, Will McDonald with the Jets, Broderick Jones with Pittsburgh, Emmanuel Forbes with Washington, Christian Gonzalez with the Patriots, and Lucas Van right. Ness with the with the Packers and, and Will Anderson, Houston's third pick. They haven't signed their first or third pick in the draft yet. Right. So we'll see where it goes. I'm sure most of those guys will get done
0: before training camp, but wonder if there'll be a holdout or two. There might be. I, I wouldn't count on it, but you don't know until you see it. You know, you've got to. I, I just. It's unusual in this day and age. And it's completely the opposite of what yeah. it has been.
1: So there it is. That is Around the NFL, presented by Kaleida Health. Topic of discussion for you today. We mentioned Aaron Rodgers. We're going to do it again. Will there be a bigger quarterback intra division rival? In the NFL this year than Allen and Rodgers in the AFC East. Think of your divisions across this vast league of the NFL and decide if there is a better quarterback rivalry than we anticipate
0: can, Allen and Rodgers being this season. I can I can only think of one that comes close. Okay. Only one. And that's in the AFC North. It's Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. hmm and Lamar's missed the last
1: few of those. Right. So it's kind of – maybe it's been dampened a little bit by his lack of participation due that's to injury. One,
0: that's, that's one that I'm looking forward to.
1: Because he missed the game at the end of the year against Cincinnati and then missed the playoff game between the two of them in the wild card. Round. That's right.
0: That's right. And and you may – I mean, and I know this, Miami fans will tell you it's not it's not about Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen's about Josh Allen and Tua or something like that. Right. And I'm having a hard time getting to that point. From our seat, but I see it from Miami's point of view. But there are other. You look around the league, and you can say, "Well, Kansas City. Well, Kansas City, and what jo- uh, Justin Herbert and Mahomes? Okay, but Russell Wilson
1: he hasn't yeah, been there. Russ
0: long Wilson now. and whoever it is in Vegas, I can't even think it's of the Jimmy guys. Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. I, and I don't enough. see it. And nobody's. None of those guys. Ex- Herbert, you can make a case for him and Mahomes." But they were ten and seven last year as the LA Chargers, out of you know which was a good season. But the Chiefs are fourteen and three. Yeah, um, and the Chiefs went by the way six and zero oh in the division. Right. The Jets and the and the Bills. The Bills have won the division the last three years. The Jets were last in the division last year, but they were two and four. One of those wins was against Buffalo. Uh-huh. Um, much different scenario there. That's I think that's a. And you know that's a tough one. Go to the AFC North. Did you look at the records, the division records of the AFC North?
1: It was packed together, wasn't it?
0: Four teams, all three and three in the division. Yeah, that's that's a good division. Yeah, it is. That's a really good division. Will
1: arguably be even better this year.
0: Cleveland was seven and ten. Pittsburgh nine and eight, and then ten and seven. Baltimore twelve and four. Cincinnati. that's a good. That's a tough division, to 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 have that go on. But man, oh man. All four teams, three and three in the division. That's... It's tight. The, the NFL is doing cartwheels over that. 803-0550,
1: 550 2550 the number to get on board. Will there be a bigger quarterback intra-division rivalry than what we expect Allen and Rodgers to be this year in the AFC East? Open line for you there. We go to the phones now, and we lead off today with Dave and Allegheny. What do you got for us, Dave?
2: Yeah, um... I uh, the reason I call him really is to tell Steve I have a message from my wife. We were uh, at a graduation party two weeks ago, and uh, didn't want to say hello. He probably gets that stuff in the hotel or in the restaurants and stuff all the time. But my wife says that Steve is better looking in person than he is on TV.
0: Whoa. How about that? There you go. I never, Brownie never tells me that. Thanks, Dave.
1: Wow. Or thanks Dave's wife. Thanks Dave's He's wife. He's just relaying the message.
0: Dave's probably not even married. <laughs> He's trying to get her. To put Dave through anytime. They, you any, know, anytime
1: they, Dave calls, put him right through. They, they do say the camera adds ten pounds, so <laughs> you know you so probably I, do look better in person. You know, <laughs> that's outstanding. There, how about that for a leadoff today? Steve getting bouquets thrown at his feet. That's by nice. the ladies of Western New York. Wow, we wow. Yeah. All right, well, (laughs) we move along, and we go to Chance in Alabama. What do we got for us, Chance? You're on One Bill's Live. Hey, thanks for taking the call, guys. Sure,
3: sure. Yeah, I was watching the uh, RG3 and Rich Eisen interview, um, and it was talking about Diggs, and RG3 apparently had some inside information, quote, unquote. Don't know if that was really that inside. Um, But, you know, I, I try and love Diggs as a receiver, but I think we would all agree the best, news during this time of year is no news and when you show up to training cam like the way you did and you're you're complaining because josh allen was running for his life on the last drive of a cincinnati game where his offensive line couldn't protect him and no one has ever accused of josh allen not giving 120 i and i don't want to call him a diva but that's kind of diva ish to me i mean What's he going to do? Start crying uh, and saying, that's my quarterback next? Are we going to get a T.O. out of him? I mean, like I said, I don't want to be that guy that calls him a diva. But when you do stuff like this, I mean, and I mean, I and I know one uh, of you guys played, the best news is no news. So just keep your mouth shut. You know, do what you're getting paid. I mean, you're like, what, the third highest paid receiver in the league? And you get more targets than anyone on this team. And if you were still getting thrown the ball by Kirk Cousins or Kirk Cousins, whoever you want to call him, I mean, what do you want to – I mean, are you going to ask for a trade to go play with Patrick Mahomes? Because that's probably your only better option. Other than having Josh Allen throw you the ball, what is your only better option? Patrick Mahomes? That's it. So just keep your mouth shut, fall in line, and, 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 and play football. Do it. Do what you God gave you the skills to do. I mean – so many people would love to be doing what you're doing. I mean, don't be a diva. I'm gonna say it. That's diva. What he did was diva. Okay. Thank you for taking the call. Yeah, thanks,
0: Chance. Uh, here's the thing: you got to remember, and I, I would caution all fans to do this. And because I, you're right. I did play, and I, I had. I mean, I played with Andre Reed, who. I don't know. I love him. I love him. And right here, bro. Right, yeah. <laughs> part of what part, is. <laughs> Being a little bit that way is part of the job description. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. you got to be a little bit like that to be good. It's just part of the job. Fans, Brownie and me and all of us fans out here outside of the locker room, outside of the this friendship circle of the team, out, you know, away from it, we tend to chew on this stuff a lot more than the players and coaches do. This thing that happened last week, I would be shocked if any of the players, Steph Diggs, Josh Allen, Vaughn, I I wonder if if all of them are sitting there going, oh my gosh, that's so old. It it was probably washed away the day he showed up for practice the next day. It's, It's not worth their conversation in the locker room to even bring up today. And I know we haven't, and we're like the people who, you know, it's like when when you're married or something and one of the spouses comes home from work and gives you this thing about, well, there's this person in the in the, in the the office, they're bugging me, da-da-da-da-da, we, we had this big serious conversation, da, da da Well, the spouse at home is sitting there saying, oh, man, that person, I don't know. Meanwhile, it's all washed over at the workplace. You kind of get back together and you have it out and, then, and you don't ever hear about it. But this person at home still thinks that there's this rift there, right? And there's not. And that's kind of where we live out here. Yeah. These guys in the locker room When I was playing, sorry
1: I been put to bed.
0: Yeah, we had I five five fist fights in the locker room. Five, and I mean they were death matches, right? Yeah. And it was lucky there was a bunch of guys around you could, pull, you know, pull them apart. Right. So by the end of those days, those five different days, it was like over the stretch of, you know, a handful of years, by the end of the day, Those fights were like, dude, sorry, bro. Yeah, okay, I got you. Right? So, but if those if those guys go home to their wives and say, hey, hun, I got into a fist fight today with player X. And that wife would hate the other wife and the other player, and that, 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 that. You know, you just can't let that do that, right? So when everybody gets a glimpse of any of the strife or the friction between strong men yeah, playing for keeps, they're like, oh my gosh, they don't like each other. Well, quite the opposite. So the five fist fights I witnessed, I'm saying a fist, they weren't like hard conversations. Haymakers. They were they were death matches. You'd have paid money to see them. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So that stuff is part of what it takes to grow because that conflict shows who we really are and who we want to be and who we're aspiring to be. I don't think you're doing this the right way because if you don't do it the right way, we're going to get beat on Sunday and if you do this keep doing it that way, you're hurting all of us. I'm doing it this way because it's the best way because of this and this and this and you you don't see what you're doing. You don't even know what you're talking about. Fist fight. Yeah. If you're going to grow, both of these guys are you know both of them are trying for the same thing. Right? when you finally understand each other and extend both, then it's like, oh, dude, you're right. Let's go. You grow. Yeah. You grow. That's and, and why that's, it's hard to watch.
1: And that's what Sean McDermott hinted at when he provided clarity the next day and basically confirmed that they all want the same thing, which is to win. And that's why I know that Diggs often gets painted as a diva. Our last caller just did it. And I think he is misunderstood because of the way he goes about handling these things. It may not always be seen as ideal by the general public or the fan base, but every single time, at least from the answers that I have gotten, he's coming from a place of good intentions. And those intentions are for the team to win the whole thing. And he is dead set on doing that. There's a burning passion in him to win a championship. They've been close. It hasn't happened. He want he wanted to make sure there were assurances that everybody was in lockstep on that subject, and maybe he felt there was a disagreement that really wasn't there in the first place. And that's why, you know, you hear Sean the next day say, hey, we're all here for the same thing, and that's to win. And I thought that was a very notable comment to make in terms of, Indicating that the waters had been calmed, whatever the strife may or may not have been. We have to take a break here, but when we come back, we'll get right back to the phones. Latino Doughboy will lead us off over there on the west side. Is there expected to be a bigger quarterback intra-division rivalry than the Allen Rodgers one in the AFC East this year? You let us know at 803-0550. Open lines for you. More of your phone calls next year on One Bills Live. And will there be bigger quarterback division rivalry than allen rogers this year anywhere else in the league you let us know at 803-0550-1888-550-2550 this is on the heels of josh allen's podcast interview with kevin clark on the slow Newsday podcast where josh basically said it's gonna be a battle facing aaron Rodgers twice a season now with him in the division and uh, i think people We'd consider those two clearly the cream of the crop in the AFC East and probably have them both
0: yeah. in the top four in the AFC. Yeah, we were going around the the league and certainly in the AFC. You can make a case for Mahomes and Herbert, but the real other rivalry would be between Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. That, those are two really good quarterbacks. I think – the reason that would be intriguing, Lamar Jackson, is because they're so different. Or at least they have been up to this point. Yeah. Now, this year, Lamar's supposed to be different. He's
1: uh, supposed You know what I mean? Be, but Yeah, we'll see.
0: Uh, we'll see. But certainly Lamar's former MVP and Joe Burrow, since Lamar's MVP season, has led the Bengals to a Super Bowl. Two pretty good guys. Yeah. That's that, that's close. I can't – there's not – even in the, NF, in there the, NF, a lot, the NFC, that's like there's like n- nobody. You know,
1: and then you have those with the potential – You know, a couple of years, like the AFC South, you got Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. A couple of those guys could be going head-to-head in in time, but not right now.
0: Statistics say half of those QBs taken in the first round are going to be pretty good, at least, if not elite. Half of them Mm -hmm. have got a chance at being good, let alone elite.
1: But, I mean, what are we doing in the NFC South? Baker, Mayfield, and...
0: (sighs) Derek Carr. <laughs> like, what are we doing? You know we got Bryce mean? Young. <laughs> and is is it just who's in Atlanta? Uh, they're going with Desmond Ritter. Yeah, okay. There so you no. Go. There's an that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's San Francisco. Stark. It's it's Stark. Brock Purdy. Brock and Purdy and Geno Smith. Geno <laughs> Smith in the West.
1: <laughs> Matthew Stafford and somebody. I get I it. Jaylen, Kyler's not going to Jalen Hurts and
0: Dak Prescott. Okay. Those names have some. Oh, well, well, that's pretty good. They have some juice. With Daniel Jones mixed in, yeah. that's a pretty good division because it's in the NFC. If it was in the AFC, I think. Yeah, are they, they finish they, it up
1: with Sam Howell.
0: <laughs> if if Woof. the NFC East played against, and they maybe they are this year. I didn't even they check. They are.
1: They're playing against the AFC East.
0: No. Oh. If the NFC East was playing against the AFC South. Oh. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in that division. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. Now you, everybody's really high on Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I like Trevor Lawrence. I do too. Jalen Hurts has a really really good football team around him. Trevor Lawrence hasn't had. Both, you know, but Jalen Hurts got to the Super Bowl. Trevor Lawrence didn't. But he did I get it. he did get to the playoffs after 1 year with a new head coach, which is unusual and difficult. True.
1: Let's go to the phones, though, at 803 550 550 2550 Open line for you there if you want to weigh in. But we lead off with Latino Doughboy. What do you got for us? You're on One Bills Live.
2: Hey, how are you doing, Bronny Steve? Good, 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 good. Listen, I just want to make a comment and then talk about Rodgers and Allen. The comment is I want to give it to Bill's mouth here that I suffered through all those years without the playoff. Things happen in the NFL with teams and all that. Won't people just relax and enjoy the ride? Because I got faith in being in McDermott to get things right. Um, yeah. You want to go ahead, Ronnie? Or no, no, I'm good.
1: To... No, I mean no, that's if good. If you stuff. got anything else, that's fine. You got something yeah, else?
2: Yeah, and as far as um, if you look at the divisions, as far as the quarterbacks go, Rogers and Rogers played like Rogers from two years ago. And with Josh Allen, yeah, that's I can't think of a better quarterback duo besides. Steve took my answer on uh, Prescott and Jalen Hurst. Yeah, but uh, Jalen Hurst only sort of did it for one year, and he and he just got a new offensive coordinator. So let's see what happens this year.
0: Yeah, that's you know a good, no, that's saying? a good point. What do you think? Uh, yeah, what do you, I don't know whether they call you Latino or Doughboy? Uh, you <laughs> call me Latino, you call me Doughboy. All right. What about what about Lamar against Joe Burrow?
2: Um. Lamar against Joe you That's a good question, Steve. I think if Lamar, is this is my opinion, I watched that playoff game. I watched the last game of the season they had, and I really believe that Baltimore, if they would have had Lamar, I think they would have won. Honestly, because Joe Burroughs couldn't do nothing against that defense. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, they, they did, did
2: struggle. struggle. And, and I was thinking that see, Lamar brings a different element. they got the offensive coordinator. If they go through, because he can sling it, but the thing is, he is he accurate enough to thing over the middle. You know what I mean? So things yeah. won't fly in them, but then you get a pick. You yeah, know, right. so basically, you know, the Rodgers, you know what? I I was telling my brother, you know, in order to beat the, to be the best, you gotta beat the best. And I said I'm 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 not a Jeff fan, but I was happy they got Aaron Rodgers. You know, because yeah. I said now we're gonna see where we at but this uh AFC quarterback thing, I'm looking down the list and I said, damn everybody got quarterbacks everywhere. Yeah. And then the rookies they drafted this year with Houston and uh, that guy, Richardson, Anderson, I watch a lot yeah, of college football. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. In Indianapolis, I watch a lot of college football. Right. I see this guy, Richardson, I've seen him do some amazing stuff. This That's Josh Allen right there. You know, but other than that, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Yo, y'all have a real right. good weekend. God bless you, and I love you guys. This is right. this thanks. is my soap opera. All, All right, right, man. Well, thanks.
0: we appreciate Sorry. it. Yeah. Thank That's you for the call. Latino, do- I'm going to call him LD. LDB Latino, Latino Doughboy, do LDB. Yeah, there you go. Might have to go. Yeah, LDB that was a good call, sure. and he's he's right. I mean, he he's gave a brief synopsis of stuff you and I've been talking about for months now. The even the young quarterbacks that are in Anthony Richardson, I'm I'm thinking there's no way Indianapolis goes from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Anthony Richardson, even if it is this fast. I mean, it's five years in between there. You had, like, Jacoby Brissett. Philip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Carson, uh, Carson Wentz. Wentz <laughs> Matt, uh, Pat, Matt Ryan. Uh, all these guys, they plowed Sam through. Ellinger. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but now, to, uh, it took it took Buffalo literally two decades, mm-hmm. three, two and a half, 25 years to find just another one, let alone – after going two for two, and you go, you know, the and look at the Packers. Yeah. If Jordan, if if trade is it Jordan, Jordan Love, Love, if Jordan out. Love comes through for them, I'm gonna be like, what? It's a trifecta. It, you got to draft your guy three years early. Yeah, I mean it's unbelievable. We'll see if it works again. We'll see. But yeah, the AFC and and Doughboy was right. It was, it, it's a it's a hard conference to win the winner of the AFC this year is going to be not only a really good football team completely, all the way from top to bottom, they're going to have a good quarterback, and they're going to have to weather the storms of an NFL season. That means injuries injuries and all the weird stuff that Buffalo went through last year. You've got to weather all of that and still come out on top. It's going to be a a gauntlet in the American football conference.
1: Yes. Let's get back to the phones and go to Bill in Hamilton next. What do you got for us, Bill?
4: Hi, guys. Uh, Pleasure to speak to you. Good to have you. Um, Well, I want to talk about the Diggs situation, and I realize probably just like myself, I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. But I'm sorry. I've got to call it as I see it. I think we're pretty naive if you don't think that at some point this season when things don't go well that Diggs is going to react and start – waving his arms or yelling or pouting because, yes, the word beaver was used. And I'm trying to think over the last several seasons here under McDermott, have we had a situation where a player has so publicly demonstrated his unhappiness with the team and the way things are being run? And I can't think of any, now you guys may know something Inside that went on. But this is the first time that I think I'm reading headlines, uh, you know, NFL news, all that kind of thing. And this is the first time that something of this nature about some dissension in the Buffalo Bill team camp has come and become newsworthy.
0: Well, Bill, let me ask you you this. Bill, let me ask you this. Yes. What has anybody had to complain about?
4: Well, nothing.
0: That's right. Then, and, and nobody well, has. But
4: no, no. We're talking about Diggs's behavior. And Steve, look.
0: Well, you asked. You asked. You asked. Yeah. Went over the last. Went over Sean McDermott's career here. Have we ever had a player speak up or do this thing publicly? And I asked you. Well, why would anybody have done it? There was nothing to complain about. And, exactly. and, and in defensive digs, he didn't take it public. He well, didn't. Well, he was it, doing it behind
1: closed doors. And well, then it was communicated, probably in a way that wasn't ideal. And all of a sudden, people started asking questions. He tried to deal with it behind closed doors, to be honest.
4: Steve, I love you, but.
1: Well, it's Chris talking, just so you know. know I, that's all right. Oh,
4: sorry. I apologize. That's I apologize. okay. That's all right. I'm I didn't on, want
1: you to accuse Steve. <laughs> of,
0: what do you think? What do you think? Go I'm ahead. I'm
4: just saying, look, the guy didn't show up to a mandatory camp. No, I no.
0: Bill, Which, Bill. 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 What? He did. He showed up. He was there. He did everything they asked him to do, and Sean McDermott gave him the day off.
4: Uh, I'm, oh, guys, honestly, if you're really buying into this thing and saying, oh, there's not really an issue here. I'm telling you, there is an issue. And Bill, goes, I'm telling
0: you, there's no issue.
4: Okay. You know, we'll see. If you think I'm, I'm just going to disagree with you, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll agree disagree to
0: disagree. Here. That's fine. You can't. I'm, I get I'm it.
4: Telling you, I'm telling you, I'm convinced all it's going to take is a couple of games when things don't go well this season, and we'll see if Mr. Diggs doesn't react. And it's okay to react, but to, but. As a team, and you know, you guys would want to keep this inside, right? You don't want big public demonstrations of how unhappy you are with the quarterback or with the coach. And I agree with you. If you're saying he tried to keep it inside, well, it didn't work very well, did it?
1: it might yeah, not, but he, I don't. It, I don't it don't know might not be his fault. I don't think it's his fault. That's the thing. That's the thing. So, yeah. You know. what, what, what else? No, he has gone. Bill's oh, okay. gone. We're out of time. We've got to take a break. All right. But Ed in Rochester will lead mm-hmm. us off as we take more of your phone calls when we come back. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. Just wanted to remind you that the release or the premiere of the concepting behind the Bills new stadium built for Buffalo episode one will air tonight at 7 p.m. on the Bills website, the app, the Bills YouTube page and on the Bills Facebook page. Some interesting behind the scenes look at the concepting of the Bills new stadium. So check that out tonight at 7 on all the Bills social channels let's get back to the phones though and we go to ed in rochester as promised what do you got for us ed hi how you guys doing today good good i just wanted to turn the conversation
2: a little more positive i'm hearing a lot of stuff about stefan diggs which i think is okay you know if you got a fan you got an opinion but i'm excited about the bills but the tight end situation we got with dalton kincaid coming to the team so I'm just trying to find a way to steer the conversation in a more positive way. I don't have great insight into the tight, tight end position, but I know my favorite tight end to the with was Pete Metzler. And I believe Steve knows him well. And I remember when Keith McKellar came along, there was a decision what to do. So anything you guys got to offer, I say go Bill. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks for the call, yeah, Ed. Keith, most people thought that when the old offense took – when that no-huddle offense came about and they called it the K-Gun, that it was called K-Gun because of Jim. Because Jim had this – even wrote a book called Machine Gun Kelly, right? And uh, it wasn't because of Jim Kelly's name. It was because of Keith McKellar. Uh, we called it K for McKellar. We used to call Keith McKellar killer because he was a great player, a really great player. Fast, caught the ball well, had a lot of – had a – both he and Pete Metzler's had a basketball background. Uh, Pete won a national championship uh, at the level of, high, of college football basketball that he played on other Division Two as a Wabash. I don't know what division it was then. And McKellar, I think, did – Keith did too. So they both those guys had outstanding hands and moves, and and they needed a way to get Killer on the field. And going three wide, one tight end, was the way to do it. And it transformed stuff, particularly when they went high paced. So yeah, I, I don't know that I can I don't know that there hasn't been enough water under the bridge that the bills would come up with some technological advance, X's and O's wise that would set the league on its ear the way the Cade gun did back then. Uh, but I'm all, I'm all for trying, right? Um, I'm excited about the team too. no question about it. These uh, Kincaid and Dalton Knox Dal- Dalton, Kincaid, and Dawson Knox, I'm gonna start calling them uh, Dalton Kincaid just say DK and Dawson. And DK, yeah. Then you're not wrong. DK squared, DK squared is, you know, is gonna be cool to watch. Um, hopefully, Kincaid is so good they got to find a way to get him on the field. That's the way it was with Keith McKellar. Um, Pete Metzler is a close friend of mine, still is, and at the end of his career had played more games at tight end than anybody in the history of the league. He was a he was a stud. He was 6'8, 255, 260, could block like a tackle. Um, and Keith McKellar was more like Dalton Kincaid, could run and catch and get open. So to put those two guys on the field at the same time with Dawson Knox, who is probably a little bit better receiver, a little bit more athletic than Pete was, you know, put those guys on the field together is pretty fun to think about. There's a lot to be excited about this team. And I know that, the, you know, if there was a wart on the offseason, it was probably the first day of, of mandatory minicamp. That's, that's a pretty tiny little black eye for, a, for an organization who's done a lot of things really, really well this offseason. Yeah. We have to take a break here, but we are wide open for your phone calls
1: in hour number two. So if you're holding at 803-0550, we will get to you in the next segment. But we step aside here, as we are asking you, is there expected to be? a bigger quarterback rivalry in any other division besides Allen Rogers this coming season. You let us know at 803-0550. More of your phone calls next here on One Bills Live.
0: Live, presented by Kaleida Health.
1: Alright, hour number two here on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Glad to have you with us. All phone calls all the time here for hour number two, so if you're holding at 803-0550 we will get to you here in this segment. And we lead off with Joe in Tanawanda. What do you got for us, Joe?
4: Hi guys. I, now I know I, I called you a couple of weeks ago and told you about it. Uh, well, first of all, uh, I'm thinking uh, the quarterback for Cleveland. Now I forgot his name, but that should be interesting. You haven't talked about him yet. Yeah, that's Deshaun a Watson. Good division. Yeah, him. Okay. Uh, the other thing was. Uh, I asked the screener to bring up the fourth down play against Cincinnati. I believe there was seven minutes left and four timeouts, Right. and we needed 17 points. So instead of taking the three points to stay alive, we committed suicide on fourth down. And so I feel if we would have took those three points, those the big things would have never even happened. We'd be talking about something else. All right, thank you. All Bye. right.
0: That's your opinion, and you're yeah, entitled Joe. to it, sure. Joe. It's and a three score game. You might you might be right, uh, but you know we'll never know. And simple fact of the matter is, if the fourth down play works, we don't. The Diggs thing never happens either. So, yeah, there's a lot of ifs ands. But if they win the game, I'm pretty sure the Diggs thing doesn't happen. Uh, so there's a lot of ifs in that. But uh, you're right. Um, that the way that game ended. And particularly after the way the season had gone and the way the season kind of wobbled at the end, from the Monday night in Cincinnati all the way through to the two games after that and then the wild card game. Well, the two games after that with one of them being the wild card game. Um, it was a, it just – you could feel the – in this building, you could feel the season slipping away because of the the of Demar's injury and the and how difficult it was for him to climb back in the saddle and you could see it in the in the in the results of you know playing a, a bad New England game team the next week and barely beating them with two kickoff return touchdowns and the week after that playing Skylar Thompson for the Dolphins in the wild card round of the playoffs and barely beating a Dolphins team with Skylar Thompson at quarterback, and then going in against a team like Cincinnati, uh, like Cincinnati, even though it was at home, I mean, it was, you know, you could just see it. And I'm sure that, of seeing that slowly slip away and that, that frustration was what really bubbled to the surface. I'm sure that no question that was the loss that really did it. And, that fourth down thing was kind of the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back, but it was headed that way for a month and, before it boiled over. And,
1: Joe, I'll just tell you, that that decision, what was probably rolled into that decision to go for it there, was the fact that the previous time they got down there that close, they got as far as the Cincinnati seven-yard line and kicked the field goal to make it 27-10 to in the third quarter. So they had one more possession in the quarter after that. It killed the third quarter. They got two possessions in the fourth quarter. There weren't enough possessions to overcome a three score deficit. It was a three score game. 27 to 10. And, and to I... the to that possession up until that possession, the Bills had the ball six times the entire game. They had eight possessions the whole game. When you usually have 10 to 12 or at least the bills have been used to having 10 to 12. So possessions were at a premium. You're down there, you got to go
0: for 7 with 7 minutes left knowing you may only get the ball two more times the rest of the game. Yeah, and even if they do get the 3 points,
1: you're still down 14.
0: You really are asking and and maybe this is why they maybe this is why they they did go for it. They didn't believe their defense could get a turnover from a team that was running the ball as well as Cincinnati was running it. Um, there's Not a lot in the that.
1: clock. They were killing running the ball, right? So
0: uh, there's a lot in it. Yes, you could. And it's simple. I mean, sitting here five months later and you're thinking if if it didn't work, you should have done the other thing. And you're right. It, if it didn't work, you should have done the other thing. Well, there's no guarantees. The other thing would have worked either. But um, you certainly would be. You would have that answered. But there's no way we're going to answer it now. And yeah, that, it was an incredibly disappointing end to a season that started with such promise. But like I said, looking back on it now, you could just feel the darn thing slipping away. They just weren't the same team that they were a month before the season ended. And that's the, that's the really tragic part about the whole thing for me. Right.
1: Which we've talked about at length on this show. Let's go back to the phones and to Mark in West Seneca. What do you got for us, Mark?
0: Hey, guys.
5: Uh, I'm being a little hypocritical here. I'm so tired of everybody calling about this stuff Diggs thing that I'm calling about this stuff Diggs thing. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the one that got me going was, I think his name was Bill up in Canada, called and, and wanted to basically complain about Steph. And uh, so many of the people that want to crucify him, their argument is based in speculation and... The only fact they have is the fact they saw him throw his arms up on the sideline in the Cincinnati game. Uh, But they allude to all these different things about him being, you know, unsettled and unhappy and all these different things. Uh, I just want to bring up a couple things. Uh, I point back to the Dan Patrick interview again, which happened around Super Bowl time. And Steph said two things in that interview, which I heard come out of his mouth. Number one, he said, Uh, alluded to the fact when a great quarterback and a great receiver are on the same team, they, they form a bond, and they're the alpha dogs, and they're the ones that make things happen. And he sort of alluded that over the period of time during the season, he didn't feel that that was being executed in critical moments during games like it had been in the past. And then he also said that about halfway through the season, the offense changed. He made a comment like that, and again, I'm going to speculate, but to me that means he was not happy with the change. Otherwise, he wouldn't have brought that up. So if he was so unhappy, how did he wait to the end of the year for his unhappiness to finally boil over? And by the way, the season was basically over on that fourth down play, and everybody knew it uh, in that moment, to show his unhappiness. Um, I just don't understand how a guy who's as competitive as that is getting crucified for being competitive. Do people really think that's the first time he ever yelled at Josh Allen? Do you, uh, I'm going to speculate, knowing how guys are, especially at that level of sports, do you think he may have yelled at Josh in practice a few times when he felt Josh wasn't dialed in, wasn't concentrating, and he was trying to get him to do what he needed to do to be the great quarterback that he knows he, he, he is? and says a million times in interviews, that's not being upset with your quarterback. That's demanding things. That's what great teams do of each other. They demand excellence. And Steph demands excellence. He does it every day, and you hear about it all the time. He's one of the hardest workers on the team, and he's all dialed in. When you see him react that way, do you think he's all all in for the Buffalo Bills, the city of Buffalo, and, and his fans? That's how I read it. And I thank him for that. Okay? So, for all the. And one other question. All these people that are com- complaining about Steph, what do they want him to do? What do they expect the Buffalo Bills to do right now if they feel that something needs to happen? Tell me what that change is. Tell me what, what things the Buffalo Bills could do right now that would not just de- destroy or devastate the team, salary cap wise or otherwise. I, I just don't get it. Why are these people jumping down his throat? The season hasn't even come close to starting. We're not even at training camp. Oh, and by the way, he, maybe he should get his facts right before he calls in, saying that Steph didn't show up for mandatory camp. Not only was he there, he was there. He was there a day early, as has been reported over and over and over again. So come on, people, let's let's get our uh, our act together and stop taking a guy to task that who was a leader on the team. And one last question, I'll let you go, because I I am rambling. Has anybody heard from an administrator, a coach, or another player on that team that they are unhappy with Steph, unhappy with his reactions, or unhappy with him in any way, shape, or form? Anybody. Um, I haven't heard one word uttered out of the Buffalo Bills camp on one Bill's drive, that they are unhappy with the way Steph Diggs is reacting or how he's conducting himself.
0: Thank, so uh, yeah. I'll
5: just leave you at that. Mark, Thanks, thank guys. you
0: very much. Appreciate the call. Um, a lot of what you said is true, and, and it, a lot of what we talk about, either positively or negatively, is conjecture. But you're right, and the last thing you said there was probably really right, um, Sean McDermott doesn't want Steph Diggs to go anywhere, and neither does Brandon Bean. Steph Diggs yeah. doesn't want to be anywhere else, and, Sh- and Josh Allen doesn't want Steph Diggs to go anywhere else. Um, I think these guys are all close. They're very close-knit. Um, some guys show frustration differently than others, and Steph Diggs demonstrates his. And that sideline outburst in the Cincinnati game was the way he does it. I don't think anybody was surprised by that on the sideline, the, his teammates and his coaches. I think they kind of expected that to be the real Steph Diggs that they know and love. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, we like to talk about this team because we in, we are excited about it. We're fans of the team, and Brownie and I work for the team, and we are closely tied to its fortunes, and we want nothing but the best for these guys. And I and and it's my nature to spin things positively, plus uh, because I've seen so many misunderstandings regarding how teams are, how they function, and all that, uh, in my lifetime as a, as a broadcaster that I, that I know are just misconceptions and misunderstandings about how things work. This, to me, is all of that. Uh, fans don't like it when anybody on the team seems unhappy. They think it's going to bring the thing crashing down. This Steph Diggs incident, saga, drama, whatever you want to call it, is not of the nature that will do anything to undermine the success of the Buffalo Bills. That is my opinion. You, and a lot of people don't believe that. They think that's. They think they can't believe that Steph Diggs and what he just did over the last two days isn't an absolute wrench in the works of everything. And they think it's his fault. He's wrong for doing it they they read into everything that they've seen and heard and, and it's all about him and it and none of that is necessarily true and a lot of it for a great player in Steph Diggs position is not out of line to do if they 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 elected him a team captain a team captain needs to be vocal ugly or difficult, or however emotionally distru- disturbing it you may think it is, that's what you ask them to do as leaders. And there's got to be some of that mixed in here. You've got to have that same expectation mixed into this, you know, into your opinion about what happened. Um, now, however you want to spin that in your own mind's fine. But I'm still, I'll say it again, I'm still in the mind, this whole thing with Steph Digg, I don't want to laugh about it, it's, but I just... It is not a big thing in the grand scheme. And it's nothing of the caliber that would ever derail a football team ever. Yeah. So I get it. It's important to all of us because we like to think of these guys as being, you know, this group that's all like, you know, like the Waltons, you know, they, they tell each other good night every night and it's all hung all that stuff. And, it's, it doesn't have to be like that. It's, it's, this is fun. They're fine. I, I, I'll just say it again. Let's go back to the phones and to Marie in
1: Amherst. What do you got for us? Hold on. Let me punch you up here. What do you got for us, Marie? You're on One Bills Live.
6: Hey, guys. So I wanted to say that I just got back from New York City yesterday, and when I tell you there's going to be no bigger duo than um, Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this is going to be a big one. They're talking about it. You got a lot of people wondering why Josh is not up on a billboard in Times Square. So, I mean, that, <laughs> that's saying something right there. But, Chris, you mentioned the lack of possessions for our offense last season, and to be real, they just couldn't get open. I saw Stefan Diggs last season. During the regular season, we all watched him. He, he pretty much got the best of Sauce Gardner. I know he's a rookie, but I'm – Steph had a huge catch on him. Then we saw Steph have a huge catch touchdown on uh, what's the guy that just went to um, Miami, the cornerback that they just picked up.
0: Jalen Ramsey.
6: Yeah, he had a big touchdown catch on him. I'm not worried about Steph getting off. I'm I'm worried about um, you got Gabe Davis at number two. I know Gabe has been productive, but when it comes down on the line, he, he does have some drops. I know he was injured. I just really don't think he's the guy. And I do disagree that, you know, when you guys said changing the roster more wasn't a good idea, but Kansas City lost Cheetah. They drafted well. They brought in new guys. They ran the ball. They won a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, I would still – I know we got to make some major moves this offseason. I mean, the season before the season start. But, man, I would – I trade Gabe Davis, Greg Russo, Latavius Murray, I mean, we could clear some money up. Would you even, so would you bring in the, the um, DeAndre Hopkins for a visit? Like, Would you even just bring him in as a possibility if you could clear some cap space and move some people around? Could you imagine having two number one wide receivers out there? I mean, that's just, oh, that would be something. Even if we could get him for a one-year deal, it's just something to think about. But I think, you know, if we're going to go for it, we got to go for it. But
1: When you got guys that just can't. Oh, we lost her there. She got cut off. Okay. Sorry about that, Marie. That wasn't us on our end. Uh, Didn't mean to uh, disconnect.
0: Um, You can make the case uh, because Steph Diggs gets targeted so much. um, They need some help. and, And maybe the fact that they were bringing guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley back into the fold and Isaiah McKenzie did not get that many reps at the slot receiver. Uh, that they were looking for an answer there. Certainly uh, the loss of Jamison Crowder didn't do him any favors last year. They didn't have an answer, somebody to get separation so that Steph Diggs wouldn't get double and triple teamed and all of that stuff. Uh, maybe Steph does need more help. Don't think that the Bills aren't seeing exactly what those problems are and have addressed them to a, a large extent. Um Two of the biggest guys they signed, aside from the offensive linemen, were the wide receivers, uh, Trent Shurfield and Deontay Hardy. We'll see if those guys can come in and stay healthy enough to help. Uh, But you're right uh, in what you say about the Bills versus the other teams around the league. The Kansas City Chiefs seem to be able to make do with guys who are lesser proven uh, than even Gabe Davis has been. And... You'd certainly like to see the ball spread around as much as possible. And when you have key downs, go to the guys who really can make it happen. Uh, maybe that would help Steph Diggs immensely if they brought a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in. I know DeAndre Hopkins can play really, some really play football. He catches the ball as well as anybody who's ever played the game and could probably add and give him something uh, in the slot receiver or at the, as the number two or whatever. Um, but I do know this. I do trust the scouting department and the and the GM office of this organization to think they've got that attacked and fixed. And I'll say this too. We've talked about it a lot. Drops are a problem. Were a problem last year, and turnovers were a problem last year. And one of the callers even mentioned that the offense took a change about halfway through the season. Josh had an injured elbow. Um, to me, that was a problem, was an issue for the for the offense, and maybe that led to something. Um, don't know. But all of that stuff uh, is legitimate. It's legitimate concerns, and you'd like to see the, the receivers behind Steph Diggs contribute more than they were able to last year. Maybe K- Kincaid is an answer for that. Maybe Hardy, maybe Shurfield, and maybe Gabe Davis bounces back to the player we thought he was going to be after uh, the 13-second game. So, Um, we'll see if all that can happen, but your, your opinion's valid. I think, um, if you got a guy who's getting targeted as much as anybody in the national football league and he's, and he's catching the ball, well, at crunch time, there's only one guy they're going to defend. If you've got nobody else they're afraid of, there's only one guy they got to defend in the entire offense, uh, outside the quarterback himself. There's a lot in what Marie said, um,
1: I just don't think now is the time for these wholesale changes that she was talking yeah.
0: about. They're know. not going to change too much.
1: Marie's a big fan of shuffling personnel in and out. Well, she's, in, she's saying and we're
0: going to trade Gabe Davis, Greg, Latavius, da- Murray, and Latavius Greg Murray, and Greg Rousseau. I'm That's probably not going to happen because I, I think as much as we talk about it and chew on this stuff, let's not forget the Bills were number two in the league in scoring. So they can still light it up. And There's not too much to be unhappy about. And the things that there are to be unhappy about certainly do. They to me, they don't point to Ken Dorsey. They don't point to Sean McDermott. They, they point to the guys. They had too many drops and too many turnovers. Yeah. That's not coaching. Now you can say that. Hey, we spend time protecting. Listen, that's not coaching. The players got to hang onto the ball and catch it. That's you, second in the league in drops. Second in the league in turnovers. That's too. Yeah, that's crazy. And they were 13-3, and and the three games they lost were by a total of eight points. They were really good. So when we sit here and talk about fixing stuff, we're we're not talking about, you know, flipping the whole thing upside down. Just particularly do what you do and just do it a little better. Make that stray catch, you know. Hang on to that ball on the third and three or on the the fourth down. Hang on to the ball. Don't turn it over. And don't drop it. And that's to me. That's those are the two things that would put this team from being the two or the three seed into the number one seed easily. Um, there's no no great wholesale changes needed, in my opinion. And even so, that they they we've talked about it, they've gotten better almost at every at almost every position group.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we can we can mull over the dig situation as much as you want. You can mull over what would have worked better, what didn't work. Trust me, this coaching staff has gone over it umpteen number of times through the course of the offseason, because if you know Sean McDermott, you know, he is methodical and painstakingly detail oriented in everything that he does. That's connected to the football team. And That's not changing after the way last season ended. So if you think you've come up with every idea that maybe this coaching staff hasn't, I would tell you you're probably incorrect because these guys have probably come up with about 24 to 30 more than any of us have because it's their job and that's what they have to come up with, solutions for better results. And my suspicion is that – Stefan was just trying to make sure T's were crossed and I's were dotted through the course of the off season. And he wanted to know what's the plan this time around to be better than we were last year. And Hey, for all we know, he got all the answers that he wanted. And I keep coming back to what the players who are intimately involved and in the know about what's going on. Von Miller said, it's not that serious five times in a row in one press conference and Josh Allen said he expected it to be resolved in short order. And Sean McDermott said it was. If you choose not to believe him, that's up to you. I, yeah. You know, to me, Sean McDermott's a man of his word, so I'm taking him at his word. I, it's
0: resolved. I've said it. I've been saying it since the beginning too. I didn't. I don't think this is a big deal. It's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to derail any kind of season. This is going to be old news way before they even get to training camp in a month. I mean it's old news now for most of these guys. They're they're totally done with it. And the only reason they even talk about it is because guys like us talk about it. So I'm it it's to me, it says a lot about where this for organization is. When you're talking about stuff like this, you've got your ducks in a row. I hate to say it like that, but you got your ducks in a row. The fact that stuff Steph Diggs is doing this this is like nothing. This is a huge nothing burger. And I know fans love to talk about it because they like projecting personalities on these guys and yeah. and attitudes on these guys and relationships, the way they think the relationship's going on these guys. And they think they think Steph Diggs thinks this about Ken Dorsey, and they think Steph Diggs thinks this about Josh Allen, and they think Steph Diggs thinks this about Sean McDermott. And they, <laughs> none, they don't know. They haven't even met him, right? So – I think this is just, I mean, we, we talk about, I mean, we, getting, we got the banks, are, phone, people want to call and talk about it, so we'll talk about it, but um, maybe we should thank Steph Diggs for the content. I mean, I should guess, write him a little I thank you note. Cause that's,
1: I've, well, that's the, that's the irony in this whole thing. He's not the one who made it public.
0: Yeah, he didn't, Yeah, he didn't. and it only got out because Sean McDermott was being Sean McDermott. He's like, yeah, I'm very concerned, because he's, he's, Sean McDermott's very concerned about everything that goes on inside the doors, and that goes from a coaching staff to, and when a player has a serious question, he would answer the same way. I'm very concerned about his question. I don't, why, why was he on the second floor right next to the elevator in the hotel on that road trip? 'Cause it was going all night and it kept him awake. He's very concerned about that. <laughs> it's the same thing. That's the way the guy answered the question. And man, oh man. I let me just say this. If the next time he does that, would somebody on the media ask him a follow up and not just like shy away from it? Cause if you ask him one follow up question in that press conference, he goes, Well, I'm you know, he just just to put this at rest to rest, Sean, is was was he here? Was he that? Was he doing this thing? And you know, you would have gotten the whole story. Yep. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but why we're dwelling on it a week after the fact well, I,
0: people want to talk about it. that's I, the only reason
1: right but where is where's is, where's is that, where that going to get anybody no, i, I mean I don't somewhere. I don't understand I I, that's what I'm You're right that's what I'm struggling with uh eight oh three oh five fifty the number to get on board one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty We have to take a break here, but there's an open line for you. We are discussing quarterback division rivalry. Allen Rodgers looks to be the best of the bunch in the entire league. If you've got a better one, let us know. More of your phone calls next here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. All right, back here on One Bills Live on a Thursday, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you talking about if you think there is a bigger quarterback division rivalry than what we expect from Allen and Rodgers this year in the AFC East, back to the phones we go at 803 550 550 2550 and to Jerry on a cell next. What do you got for us, Jerry? What do you got for us, Jerry?
4: Well, I, I was thinking uh, maybe, uh, you know, I don't think it's quite as big as, as uh, Rodgers and, uh, and Josh, but uh, Herbert and Mahomes in the West, uh, that could develop into something uh the other thing I want to bring up about Gabe Davis, you yeah. know a lot of people seem to have given up on that guy. I don't know if people remember in that playoff game against the Colts, the great uh, toe tapping oh, yeah. catches it, he made to keep two of them. Moving. Oh my God they were I mean they we wouldn't have won that game without that and and of course the four touchdowns and of course last year we hear how he had that high ankle sprain thing and you know I, and the way Emmanuel Sanders, glowed about him when he talked about him. I just, I just think people got to give him a break. But I'll, I'll let you. I'll hang up and listen to what you guys got to say. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah,
1: Steve mentioned Herbert and Mahomes earlier in the show as a possibility, and I think the reason it is a possibility because it's two guys that can sling it. Right. I mean, Justin Herbert's one of three players with a five thousand yard passing season in right. the last two years. The guy can throw
0: the football. There's, there's three, I think three quarterback duels that are in the ballpark with Rodgers and Allen, and that is Lamar Jackson and just, uh, Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. And if you want one from the other side, it's gotta be Jalen Hurd, Dak Prescott. That's the only one I can think of in the whole a- NFC that's worth noting. Um, and you might throw Daniel Jones, and that might be a threesome there, three guys there. The, the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Giants, a lot of people think they may take a step backwards this year. But be that as it may, from this end of it, you kind of have to include them. Um, I think Saquon Barkley will be back in the fold. They'll get him on. and So they've got a go-to guy in tough spots, either to run or to pass, that they can really trust. And, you know, they won't hesitate to do it. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's like four of them on, on the menu, I think. And it's just who we said. But Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, I think that's a – because Aaron Rodgers is not dropping into, you know, the Houston Texans. The New York Jets have got a – they've got some guys over there that can really play. And I and I'm, you and I both, I think, Brownie, have a lot of respect for Robert Sala. Whether he's going to get a fair shake out of this and whether it's going to turn out right for him or not, I think he, was, he is a really good coach and has led that team really well. So I think you know they're not going to get out coached very often. Um, I think that's going to be. A, I think the Jets Bills is going to be a really fun series this year.
1: And as for Gabe Davis, um, Jerry, I I think the Bills are expecting a bounce back season from him as well. Uh, this is a guy that has done a whole lot more good uh, than underachieved as a player in a Bills uniform. Did he have a down season last year? I think he would even admit that he did. I think there were contributing factors to that. Um, But he was one of the guys that dropped his fair number of passes. His catch rate was 52%. Those weren't all on Gabe. I think Josh would be the first to tell you that some of them were on him, you know, out of the body frame, difficult to even get a hand on. But there were some plays that usually he makes that he did not. And – I think if you ask him, he wants to make good on that more than anybody else. So I think this organization believes he can deliver a bounce-back season. I think his teammates believe he can
0: deliver a bounce-back season. So let's wait and see if that happens. But I'll say this. Gabe Davis would tell you that, and so would a lot of people. He does have to win back some hearts, right? I mean – um, they, they were such high expectations not only for Gabe last year but for the entire team and you know they want to see him play better and I think he would probably say yeah I got to do that um, they want they want him to see a, it would be considered a bounce back year for him I would think no question about it eight oh three oh five fifty the number to get on board
1: haven't cracked open the tweet sheet yet we're going to do that now which is brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. Is there going to be a bigger quarterback division rivalry than Allen and Rodgers in the AFC East? Andrew on the tweet sheet says, Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. NFC East is going to be fun to watch, especially between these two QBs. I got to tell you, there's something about Dak Prescott. I just don't think he's the guy. I just don't think there's quite enough consistency from him on a week-to-week basis. There are some weeks he looks spectacular. The playoffs are a perfect example. First playoff game against Tampa Bay, he single-handedly wins that thing for them. He plays lights out. The next week he throws two picks and loses the game for them.
0: Well, yeah. I I think Dak Prescott is going to have a career much like Tony Romo. He's going to be wildly successful at times, consistently successful in the regular season, and be a disappointment in the playoffs. And I don't think it's all his fault but i think that you can see it coming right um got a second contract from that club has done has it has played really well and been tough too good leadership the guys rally to him just like they did tony
1: i just don't think it's there but often something enough. is
0: something is not there when something's missing yeah he's not an elite talent and when you get there you got to be a Mahomes an Allen a Joe Burrow you got to be one of those guys you know and or at least have somebody around you who is. Uh, certainly, once you get into those games in the playoffs, it's on everybody in the, on the team. You get, the whole team's got to show up. And sometimes you get guys who blow opportunities in those moments, and you kind of blame them for all of it. It's not really fair, but that's the way we are. Dak Prescott seems like that's right in his wheelhouse. Yeah. And But for the regular season, I think the NFC East – is going to be a really fun division to watch. With the exception of Washington, Dallas, Philly, and New York are going to be three teams that are going to – it's a dogfight. Yeah. really going to be a dogfight for them, I believe. Daniel
1: on the tweet sheet says, Herbert Mahomes, Burrow Jackson might be close. We've discussed those today. Rick says, Allen Rodgers has to be the number one rivalry, but keep your eye on Watson-Burrow in the AFC North. It could turn out to be worth watching. Watson is going to have to show some of his abilities of old. His last full season, he led the league in passing yards. The team was 4-12, and but he led the league in passing yards down in Houston, and then he had the 11-game suspension, as we know, last year and did not look very good In the at seven the back, games back yeah. at the back end of the schedule last year. So he's going to have to That's really – rebound in a big way for something like that to manifest. It's
0: really intriguing what Cleveland is right now. Their roster looks pretty good. A couple of holes maybe, but they worked on fixing them.
5: Yeah, on the defense. And Deshaun
0: Watson is an enormous question mark that was just like – we thought, wow, here he comes. They're going to explode out of the gates now when he comes back. And it was just like a – He looked ordinary. (laughs) It was like really Joe average. Yeah. And so – What's that going to be like with a full off season and a training camp and getting that and and all the allegations a little bit further behind him? Although I don't know that anybody's going to be ever forget, so I, I don't know that that still doesn't haunt him wherever he goes. I don't know how it wouldn't. Hmm. So we'll see. Uh, but I have to see it to believe it.
1: Jack on the tweet sheet says Mahomes and Wilson could be. If Sean Payton fixes Wilson in Denver's offense, those could be some epic battles. All those weapons on Denver could be scary. Personally, I hope Wilson is washed and the Broncos aren't a playoff threat. Plus, they're on our schedule. Don't rule out Burrow versus Jackson either. The Wilson thing is interesting. It's it's not all that different, Steve, from Deshaun Watson for different reasons. Right. But Wilson imploded last year too. I felt he came into camp grossly overweight lost some
0: of his mobility
1: as a result, and he had an, off- an offensive coach and head coach
0: who We're, just looked in over his head. Yeah, they weren't up to it. Uh, offensively, coach, his coaching staff offensively was not up to the task of bringing him in on a new offense and getting him acclimated fast enough. And I don't know that Russ handled it that well either, having his own office in the building, I think separating himself from his teammates, that's it's never a good idea. And so there was a lot wrong with it. But there's a lot of reasons knowing that, and let's face it, a really strong head coach like Sean Payton, and I and I'm not I kind of chuckle when I say it. That guy, that guy's a piece of granite. You ain't if you can push against him, he won't move.
1: Well, remember when he got asked by the media, "Hey, what about uh, Russell Wilson's office in the building?" He yeah, turned I'm not, around yeah. and he said, "Yeah, there's not going to be any
0: of that." Yeah, I'm not familiar with that kind of attitude. So. <laughs> He and he was that way. He was that way in New Orleans too. With (laughs) well, yeah, and he had he had granted he had um, uh, who was his quarterback? Who was his quarterback in in uh, New Orleans? Oh, Drew Uh, Brees. Drew Brees. He had Drew Brees. So those two saw eye to eye. So Brees was a great guy to have for him. But man, Sean Payton will call the shots.
3: Yeah,
0: and he's an aggressive guy, and he asks some things of his players. And Russ Wilson. Probably, I would say, given what I know about Russ Wilson, I would say he's going to help him a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot. So I'm not saying he's going to be back to 2012 Russ Wilson or 2013 Russ Wilson, but man, oh, man, he's going to be better than he was in 2022. That would be hard not to be. Yeah. So uh, he's going to get coached up, and that makes a big difference. So that quarterback duel that we're debating today between Mahomes and Russ Wilson that may be happening, Sean Payton, is the big factor in that rather than the two guys yep. taking snaps. Break time for us here. Some final thoughts on the tweet sheet when we
1: return here on One Bills Live presented by Colida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Final thoughts on the tweet sheet here. Dinah says it's too soon to be a rivalry between Allen and Rodgers. It's the Jets. And I'll be surprised if Rodgers last two years. Three is ridiculous. Dinah, bringing the heat.
0: <laughs> Three is ridiculous. He, well, he's not going to play a decade. You know that. No, I two years tops. Come right. On. If you get two out of him and get to the playoffs this year and have him make a real run at it next year, you got to be kind of happy if yeah. you're the Jets and think it's a win. Dixon says Rodgers
1: and Tua is the rivalry. Allen is a cut above both by a healthy margin.
0: All right, that's that's an interesting two, way listen, to look at it. Both the Dolphins and the Jets have everything, every reason to think they got a roster that can compete. Yep. And it comes down to the guy taking snaps. The Jets made a huge move for Rogers, thinking, "Okay, let's go." And the Dolphins have taught Tua how to fall down. That's their plan. <laughs> Here we go. Uh,
1: Mighty moves with a dose of humor as well. He's going with Mac and Tua as the rivalry grudge match for last place. Ha ha! Yeah. It's the Alabama it's just, battle. Just
0: kidding. That, but that's yeah. Mac Jones is unfortunately an afterthought right now, mm. and he's been to the playoffs once. That is correct. Mike says, overall,
1: I think the AFC North could be a great battle. Burrow versus Jackson, I think, will be a very good with Watson as 1B for either if he really turns it up. So he's saying if Watson yeah. comes out like the Watson of old, he might
0: supplant Jackson and or Burrow well, he in actually, the duel there. you got to think of him as, of him as a, a threat. At that position. Yeah. Now, how the rest of the team plays around him is another thing, because this is a guy that threw for 5,000 yards on a 4-12 and team, too. Yeah. If he does that, nobody cares. So, does this mean Kenny Pickett is the Mac Jones of the AFC North? Sounds like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody's – I'm telling you, That's man. It's a hard I think, division, I think man. I think the
0: Steelers are going to be sneaky good, though. I think they are. Sneaky their defense, good. Their pass rush is there. It'll be tough. We'll see. We'll see.
1: That is all for a Thursday edition of One Bills Live. We'll be here tomorrow to do the same exact thing all over again, but with a different topic for you. We will see you at 1 p.m. Friday.